hell are you supposed to be? I'm Comic Book Movie Guy. Welcome to Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. I have a very special guest today, the host of the podcast, Shatter the Glass, Zane Tomich. Welcome, Zane Tomich. How are you, buddy? Hi, Brem. I'm great, thanks. I really appreciate you having me on today. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. We talk all the time and, you know, just to have it in a public setting for people to hear our magic. That's great. Yeah. And this, I just want to announce that this is my first official guest of the new year. And this is going to be kind of the direction of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. I'm actually, I've been inspired by my good friend Zane here and his Shatter the Glass. And I want to have more guests on my podcast too. And, you know, just people who want to talk about this sort of stuff who want to talk about comic book movies and all this stuff. But Zane's, Zane's not a guest in a sense. I have to introduce him as a guest because this is a show, but Zane's more of a co-host in a way of this show. He comes, he's going to come on several times. He'll be a returning guest. So expect a lot of Zane Tomich for Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast in 2022. Thanks, Brim. And I'm happy to be here. And I'm really excited that we're having Ido today for lunch. I'm going to be so starving after this and to have some delicious rice and veggies. That's, that's right up my alley right now. Let me just preface this by saying we have a system here, don't we? <laughs> it's an absolute system when you come over to do a podcast of any sort. Whether we're recording your episode or mine, we, we sit down and, you know, there's a plan for either lunch or supper and you come nice and early now and we have a coffee and hang out with the dogs and prep. It's just a, it's a really good time overall. Absolutely. I, I love it. So. I t- totally agree, man. And this cheddar popcorn is really good too. Yeah. I, shout out to Randy Keats for the smart pop cheddar popcorn. I'm sorry that I dug into your snacks for us today, but... We had to do it. Hey, you know what? That's better than when I ate that Captain Crunch last time, and maybe that wasn't the best thing to do because, you know, people like their cereal, and you don't mess with people's cereal. You don't. But Captain- fun. But fun fact, though, that was the first time I ever actually had Captain Crunch, and now I'm kind of addicted to it. So shit, hey, <laughs> that's that's incredible. Like Captain Crunch for me wasn't a thing until. I read Logic's book, Supermarket, and that's all he talks about in that book. His fictional character loves Captain Crunch, and that's what got me addicted to it, because he makes it sound so scrumptious, so delicious in the novel, and I'm like, I, I want to have a bowl of that. Logic wrote a book? Yeah, called Supermarket. It's like a fictional book about just a guy, and he works in a supermarket, and it's like this like science fiction story. It's awesome. Do you have it? I do. Can Would I you read like it after you? You, yeah. Oh, you already wrote it. You already uh, read it. I read it in 2018. I've had it for years. I've read it like three times. It's one of my favorite novels. Yeah, give that to me. I definitely want to read it. And he's got the audiobook version out on audiobook. And uh, he narrates it. It's really cool. That is cool. I, I like the the audiobook sort of format. Love it. I'm a really slow reader. I can read good, but I can't bang through a book in like a couple of days. It's going to take me time. Like I read like a certain amount of pages per day. Yeah. And then it gets done when it gets done, but I can't be a power reader. Yeah, of course. I mean, since this is a comic book movie page, um, or a podcast, I mean, um, I just want to say that like audiobooks, it's really good if you like graphic novels, like graphic, like the dark Knight returns or, um, 
the killing joke, like just classic, classic comics that were turned into graphic novels. You can get those in audiobook form and it makes for a really good listen. When you say graphic novels, Brem, I'm just curious what is meant by that. I've never actually understood the term. Like, is it like gory or is it just like visual? Visual is more graphic. Okay. Is what we're talking here. Okay. And uh, speaking of, of graphic, uh, gr- like a graphic novel, that can, like, to me, it means two things because you can actually get a printed form of that where they, like, actually print out the, like, the written version of the comic, essentially, and it's just like a novel. But then there's also the graphic novel, which is a comic adaptation, too, right? So Frank Miller does a lot of graphic novels, stuff like that. Year One, Batman, Dark Knight Returns, those are all graphic novels. Yeah, that's kind of the first name that pops into my mind when I think of graphic novels. I think of Frank Miller. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, Frank, Frank Miller is the man for that sort of thing. A lot of the inspiration for the Batman stuff's coming from him. The last two iterations of the Batman have come from Frank Miller's adaptations. Dark Knight Returns was obviously Ben Affleck's Batman was inspired, uh, like Snyder, Zack Snyder was inspired to use Dark Knight Returns, which is a Frank Miller Batman. And now here we are with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves is drawing some of the inspiration from year one, which is a Frank Miller uh, graphic novel. So interesting stuff there. <laughs> so let me just explain here. We're like, we are having a total chill here. This is a chill session. Um, we got Batman Forever loaded up on the TV here. We're going to play it. It's going to be in the background the whole episode while we just talk and just, it's going to be a long episode. We're just going to talk and just hang out the way we always do with dogs and all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get this going, right? So, Zane, what do you make of the intro? <laughs> the intro to Batman Forever. You've seen this before, have you not? Oh, several times. You have not several times. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite character? Do you have a favorite anything? <laughs> what do you have to say about Batman Forever? That's my first... That's a question that I ask too many people because it's like, this is one of my favorite versions, right? And I think you knew that going in. But we like to watch it together now. And what is what, what do you have to say about this one? Well, let me say like this intro, for example, when you listen to the, uh, the opening credits and, and the actual music, that's kind of synonymous, like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man for me. Mm. It's one of those things that defines the sound of Batman. There's the visual of Batman, and then you got the sound of Batman. True. That, to me, is a sound. That's, that song attributed to, I would say, Kevin Conroy's voice. Yeah. Those are things that bring me back to watching cartoons as a kid. I like that. And that's then when, that's when, so true. When you see this very first... This is no, this isn't the first. Because was the, the Michael Keaton Batmans before Ke- this? Keaton's uh, two movies were before this. Okay, well, well, like, the first of my time anyways. Yeah. You know, the first kind of Batman that I would have been exposed to first? Yeah. This is definitely something that just takes me back to Nostalgia Alley. Sure. Yeah, I like that. So, um, I guess my question for you, when like as we watch this, is like, 
Was Batman a... Like, you, you mentioned that Superman was your hero growing up. But, mm-hmm. like, was Batman a presence in your life growing up? I think so. Absolutely. I don't think so. Absolutely. I had um, an old Batman costume that I used to always wear around the house. I had both a Batman... Yeah, I had a Batman and Superman costume. The Superman costume I still have. Ooh. But the Batman one was just, like, a bit of a... A little, like, styrofoam-plated chest. I totally had that. With, yeah. like, cape yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the mask and stuff like that, so... Interesting. So that's that's cool to know that you actually... You like Batman, too. But I always paired it with a sword. So, like, I'd have a sword in my hand, and I would have a Batman suit on. Has Batman ever wielded a sword? I don't think so. <laughs> that's kind of out of his alley there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I, I, I wore two different Batman costumes growing up. One of them was the Clooney foam suit. That's probably what you had, was the Clooney foam suit. Because that's what was selling around the time when we were kids. Yeah, actually, you know what? Mine was the Keaton one, because I remember the actual logo of it. Oh, that's sweet. It yeah, was the Keaton, Keaton one? Batman one. So that is pretty awesome. Yeah. I wish I had a Keaton. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about, like, the future of, like, what, like, what are you excited for? Besides... We're going to talk in depth about the Batman today. We're going to actually have a separate segment where we talk about that. Like Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano. I want to talk about all of them. Jeffrey Wright, all of those people who are involved. And I just want to talk about it all. And then I have a stack of comics here that Matt Reeves used as inspiration. And I want to talk to you about something that was released today as information that Robert Pat, like Matt Reeves... Uh, wrote the Batman for Robert Pattinson and that the whole Nick Nolte thing that you know who I'm talking about the guy who was in X-Men yep. played Beast yep remember how he was suppo- or Nick is it Nick Nolte or Holty or something uh, I think it's actually Holt Holt is that right yeah that sounds right it's got the H-O yeah I think it's pronounced Holt so at the time the studio said that it was down to the two actors right mm-hmm. and I remember thinking okay I hope it's the other guy because it was like Robert Pattinson. I'm like, at the time, I hadn't seen any of his work, right? But that was actually confirmed that that was like BS, that Nick never actually really came in for a screen test or anything. And oh. that Robert was the guy that this script was written for. And they had no idea if he would have any interest in playing the part whatsoever. But Matt went to him personally, and luckily, Robert's a fan. That's really interesting because when you first brought that up to me about about uh, the two actors there mm-hmm. who could have been casted, I like the idea of having a beast there from, from X-Men yeah. cast as a Batman. You can kind of see how that can be a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. You picture it in your mind and you're like, oh, that's not a bad idea. But after watching the trailers of Battinson, you know, it's just completely... It's not close. Eviscerated that thought for me. I, I think Battinson's going to be probably the best we've seen thus far, other than Batfleck, in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, this is so exciting for me. I, yesterday, I was in a euphoric state when I purchased my tickets. I purchased my tickets for Thursday, March 3rd. You and I are going. So that's the day before the official release on the 4th, which is insane. Um, I'm super excited. It's just going to be you, me, and Austin McNary, Piero. 
So I got my two good buddies and a Batman film that is I know is going to blow us away. And it's just the, ex- the overwhelming excitement that that's coming. Like I booked off work on Friday, all that stuff. And the fact that that's coming is just so exciting to me. <laughs> like where are you at with, with the Batman? Like, well, just to put it in perspective for you, Brim. Yeah. When we sat upstairs adjacent to where we are downstairs right now. Yeah. What was it, almost two years ago? Closer it was to two, two years. years. It, will, it will be two years in October. Sitting there watching the actual first teaser trailer with Nirvana's Something in the Way music playing in the background. That trailer. And seeing you tear up for a second there after yeah. watching this masterpiece of a trailer, which, again, in my opinion... Hands down, one of the best, if not the best, superhero trailers of all time. I would even go as far to say the best movie trailer of all time. Because there's just certain things that capture your attention. And it sticks with you forever. And if you weren't even a Batman fan, that's a trailer that would get you on the horse. You would be pumped for anything moving forward with that guy as the poster boy. Yeah. So that moment for me was the solidification of what's in store and now that we're actually here two years later because it got delayed with the covid pandemic and whatnot yeah so we've been waiting a long time for this we were supposed to get this in october of 2021 yeah so that this is wow it's It's, surreal is what it is yeah i don't think i'm actually gonna believe it until i see it you know like until the credits start at the beginning there i feel like we might even have to go see it a second time Mm -hmm. because we did that with bbs yeah and there's just something about the euphoric atmosphere of a theater and actually hearing the almost the bassy sounds of each trailer as they show up before the movies and then the actual movie itself when you hear the soundtrack and how it plays through your ears like that you just need to almost have that repeat a couple times over after seeing it the first time yeah 100 percent. and if you watch the movie in theaters like just know that Matt Reeves took the time to like make that experience huge. It's going to be massive and it's gonna, every little tweak, sound, noise, anything you see Batmobile related, Batman related, it's going to sound like the Arkham games. It's going to feel like the Arkham games. He's going to be walking around Gotham. I saw a little footage. I'm, I want to sit down with Zane too. I speak of Zane like he's the third person. Like he's not here. I want to talk. I want to show you these clips from the Batman later today and uh, see what you think. But there's actual, like you can see footage of him. He's talking to Alfred on his, on his wrist and he's detective with Gordon and he's walking around Gotham. These are like, it's going to be a phenomenal movie, man. It's going to be so cool. And it's almost three hours long. Yeah. I mean, to, to me as a super fan that's even three hours isn't enough like I, I like the Snyder route where he had the four hour cut yeah. and that was what he was going to originally go with Yeah. again that's just homage to the fans right that's the that's the the, the direction to go when you want to score 100% from the audience yeah maybe not with uh, Rotten Tomatoes there but audience definitely yeah I agree I think that I want to shift this conversation over to um, your stuff for just a sec, just as like a side little thing here, because, uh, your podcast is going, you've had lots of guests, uh, this, this past two weeks. And I just want to, I want to ask you, like, 
what is what has changed for you in the new year with like having more guests and just talking to more people? Like what what is it for you that makes being a podcast shatter the glass host in Leduc, Alberta and just, you know, sharing your content? What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I've, I started doing this like a few years ago. I went to Nate for broadcasting, so that's kind of where my journey with that sort of started. Mm-hmm. But I remember when you went to Nate. Yeah, long time ago, hey? Yeah. Time flies. Back in 20... Long, long time ago. 2016. Wow. It's weird that that's pretty much... Was that six years ago almost? Seven this year. Seven this year. Wow. Anyways. And, uh, yeah. My, my very first couple of episodes, because there's like two renditions of Shatter the Glass. There was like my early days episodes, mm-hmm. and then I kind of got rid of that, and then yeah. we kind of started the new thing last year. Right. The last two years have kind of shaped sort of what I want to talk about and kind of who I am more so as a person. Mm-hmm. Which is just be that guy that can talk about anything with anybody at any time. And finding common ground with that. Because we have too much division in society today. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to be that person that's just willing to talk to anybody. No matter what their political affiliations are. No matter what their beliefs are. Mm -hmm. I want to have a platform to talk to these people. Of all industries. Whether you're in the medical industry. Whether you're in the sports industry. Or even have a small business. Or a large business for that matter. Anybody who has something to say. Um, that could provide value to somebody because that's what I want to do too. I want to help people and provide value where it's needed and, and be relatable. That's a, that's a key thing these days. You know, what are you bringing to the table that's going to help forward life in general for people? You know yeah, what I mean? You know, I see you as a bit of a problem solver in a sense where you just, your, your episodes, they start with the same energy that they finish with. It's like a positive energy about whatever topic it is that your guest is talking about. And it ends with that same positive energy. And I think that's a really cool, cool thing to talk about. You know, like that's a, that's a cool vibe when I listen to it. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. I'm kind of working on the debate side of it because I mean, you can't agree with everybody. Even I can't. That's right. Yeah. It's not like a fairy tale podcast or something, you know, where it's just but sunshine I, and roses. Exactly. I just have to be that guy that sort of balances the, uh, What's that called? The teeter-totter? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like you're walking a bit of a scale, a spectrum, of, if you will, mm-hmm. of how how much you want to, you know, how far you want to go with your guests as far as, you know, a debate. Exactly. And also supporting local businesses too. I love that. Support local, yeah. Because like, let's face it, they've been crippled the last two years. They really have, yeah. And you just need to, in some way, shape, or form use your platform in my case to maybe, maybe help them out a little bit if they got something that they're doing for a marketing initiative or they got a sale or they're doing something yeah you know it's good to you know provide that audience to them and get people directed towards them so any way shape or form like especially when it comes to Duke Alberta because I'm a real homegrown uh patriotic person when it comes to where I'm from so yeah no that's that's excellent thanks for that little brief uh summary of your podcast and you can find Zane on any handle like he's got Instagram Twitter all that stuff and we'll get those we'll get those from you at the end of today's episode oh no problem Graham. thanks a lot so the first topic that I want to discuss today is the Flash movie um, briefly because we did the, yesterday there was a, a small little footage thing that came out and 
none of none of the the Batmans were shown or anything like that. But we did see like the Flash and his new suit and stuff, which you've seen the trailer from fandom and stuff like that. Are you as a casual fan? What say you about Warner Brothers DC Extended Universe? So when I ask you that, I mean, are you going to go see The Flash? Are you going to go see Black Adam? And are you going to go see uh, Batgirl? Are you going to go see those three movies? There's another one that they're, that they're doing right now that they're promoting. I can't remember what it is, but... Like, are you going to go see DC movies or are you just going to go see Matt Reeves' The Batman Trilogy? This is kind of part of, you know, my new, almost enlightened journey. Mm -hmm. Becoming older now and more mature. I'm working on being positive and and not look at anything from a negative lens. Mm -hmm. So that means giving things a chance, even when I don't think it's going to work out necessarily. For me as a viewer. So to answer your question, I think, yes, I'm going to go see those movies. I'll give it a chance. The Flash movie, it's relatively intriguing, but I don't like how it's almost used as a, as a reset tool. You know, when they had a really good standing with their thing they were doing previously with Batfleck and Henry Cavill and stuff, it's almost like that movie's trying to erase it all, right? Just from what I've heard about it, but it's still intriguing to hear about Michael Keaton coming back. I just don't like that it's being portrayed as like a send-off for Batfleck. It's like, he's still like in his prime, man. He's still capable of doing this role and you just want to dump him like he's like he was nothing. And I, I still believe that he was the best Batman to date. Mm-hmm. That could change, obviously, next month when we go see that movie. But uh, yeah. he was definitely the best Batman to me. And I think you're, you're, you're wasting untapped potential. I agree. I agree, you are, and I think that uh, as a, a huge fan of DC content, I feel like DC's finally going to get to do what they want to do with their studio, and it's just sad that we as a fan base kind of went through what we went through, because if you were a, a fan of just DC in general, and you're just kind of sort of just stepping into the picture now... I think that you'd be pretty excited for the future. But for me, I'm a fan of Matt Reeves. I'm a fan of Robert Pattinson. And I'm a fan of Ben Affleck. And that's really all I'm a fan of going forward in the DC universe. Isn't that sad right now? Not too bad. And Michael Keaton, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued by Keaton coming back than I am excited to see him. Absolutely, and I honestly think that it's not really so much of a world building at this point. It's not like anticipating for something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not creating something at this point. It's literally them picking up the pieces. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a PR move almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're they're trying to tell us that they're doing the right thing now, they're going to get it all together, but in reality, they're just picking up the pieces of something that shouldn't have been viewed as broken in the first place. Yeah. We as DC fans, who have been through the Snyder era, and the Warner Brothers era, let's call it, we need a break from world building. We really do. Because we've been through a roller coaster. Like my brain hurts thinking about trying to explain the DCEU to someone. 
And that's frustrating because that's the, that's the side that I'm most passionate about. Whereas a Marvel fan who's been a Marvel fan since birth, it's very easy for them to explain to people how the movies work, you know, or how the universe works. And that's why I think it would be so much easier going forward. And this is what my plan is. Whenever somebody brings up the DC universe, it's going to I'm going to say, um, I'm not a fan of the universe. I'm a fan of the solo projects. Like I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Nolan's trilogy and I'm a fan of, uh, the Batman movies, like the solo Batman movies back in the day, like the nineties Batmans. And I'm a real big fan of Matt Reeves trilogy. And I, obviously all of Snyder's like Snyder's trilogy was amazing. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to say, but like I'm separating them that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I honestly think, and this could be a hot take or, or, or not, but I almost like the time when I was a kid and I watched the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. That was just a separate thing. Yeah. I know Marvel pulling off the Infinity War saga and having success like they did, like that worked. That was a really good idea yeah. to have a, a shared, you know, extended universe. But that's what it is, right? An idea. It's an idea. But I feel like I'm kind of rammed on that now. Sure. I almost want to go back to roots and source material where it's just this is its own movie that's its own movie it's just a different rendition each time you know what i mean we don't have to have this gigantic shared universe full of complicated things i just feel like that's been overplayed at this point now Mm -hmm. and the fact that dc has been trying to do that too it's just you're beating a dead horse do something unique stick to what you know just like they do with the cartoons where they have different renditions for each series it's all separated. That's why you can still have the Batfleck. That's why you can still have all these different renditions. I know. Quit trying to be something that you're really not. Be your own thing. You 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 got big off of that. Stick with it. Totally. Don't try to be Marvel. Don't try to be Marvel. Like keep it separate. Mm-hmm. Do your own thing. I think that DC, if DC would have ran their business like Marvel and just hired Zack Snyder as like head of DC, because you know how like. DC Studios would be a thing, like Marvel Studios, you know? If Zack Snyder was like the Kevin Feige of DC, he would be, it would be insane. The world would be insane, right? If you wanted to do a world building thing. But they didn't trust the director's vision. And that's the problem, right? So as a studio, that's fine. Let's do solo projects. Let's do solo projects where it's like, okay, you're the director for this. Your vision, put it out. Right? And Matt Reeves fought for that he did not sign that batman contract unless it was like okay i understand you as a studio own this character but my vision is going to be on that screen you're not telling me what is going to be on that screen so if warner brothers can just respect directors visions going forward i think they're going to be okay and not only recover from this but benefit from this well exactly it's like being in the shower too you're not going to wash half your body. You might as well wash the whole thing if you're in there, right? You kind of need to. Yeah. And it's just like when they decide halfway through Snyder's vision, oh, this is going to be a disaster. We better pull the plug now. Yeah. So now it's just nothing. All right. So we come to you from about the half an hour mark here into Batman Forever. <clears throat> My favorite scene for the Riddler is on right now. And, you know, it's fitting we're watching Batman Forever because the Riddler is going to be the main villain of the Batman. Um, and... You know, as we sit here watching this version of it, it's Jim Carrey, and I love Jim Carrey, and I thought his version of the Riddler was really good, but I think Paul Dano um, is going to be 
awesome. Like, I think you're going to be really pleased with how scary and good his Riddler is going to be. Yeah, he's another one of those underrated actors that you don't always hear a lot about, but when you see his roles, he steals the show almost. Yeah, totally. And I have you doing some homework here, some research, essentially, and I see that you've already put them down. (laughs) I, I have to laugh because Zane and I, you know... I, I read a lot of comics and I often tell Zane about the, the comics that I read and like what, what inspires Matt Reeves and what he's going to use for content in the movie. And I'm really passionate about it. And I, I kind of just like vent to Zane about it sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so there's this, this scene is going to reflect this image in this comic. And Zane's like, and <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. That's all I have to say. Oh, I see exactly where you're going with this. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So, I mean, basically all I'm trying to show Zane is that these movies are created based on the comics. Alfred's got big ears in this one. Yeah. And different iterations of characters this is like this kind of rings to Look, the. T- it's like he's wearing. Like, he has huge ears. He's got like elephant ears, man. He does, yeah. He could fly. He could. He could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, what I'm saying is the the comic book industry is what allows this to flourish, these movies to flourish, and if the directors and the studios just follow the material. The source content. Keep it simple. Keep your head on a swivel. And read the comics. And be a fan. And fan service. That's what's going to lead to success. And that's all I wanted to do with your little homework segment. I'm going to try and add in a little homework segment sound for this episode like they're on the radio. I agree with that statement. I actually do like comics. I used to read uh, Archie comics when I was a kid. Randy reads Archie comics all the time. She loves those. They're great. Yeah, they are good. It's really cool to see something from a comic be turned into like a live motion picture. Mm -hmm. I liked Riverdale for a while there. Now it's getting kind of ridiculous, but (laughs) I I liked it. I like seeing these characters come to life. And a lot of people don't know that Riverdale is based on the Archie comics, like the actual like graphic novel Archie comics. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not really familiar with that, it's going to blow past you. You won't know what you're watching. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, it's a cheesy show, but it's like a detective show in a way, too, right? Like, that's kind of the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. I like mysteries. Kind of mystery. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I, I like those movies, too. They're fascinating. I want to ask you about your thoughts on... By the way, you can put your comics away. Are you sure, bro? <laughs> the comic book segment is over. I can hold There's it. not much you can talk about. I can hold it for the rest of the segment if you want. Yeah, we'll just have you hold it for the whole time. No, what I wanted to ask was, I guess, what what are you expecting on Thursday, March 3rd, when we grab our popcorn and our drink, and you sit in the theater for the first time in like two years, and the we got the Screen X tickets, so it's the, it's the full like 360 uh, screens around you. So I saw Spider-Man No Way Home that way and it was pretty cool. But I got to ask you, like when the lights go down and that DC logo shows up, 
what do you like what's going through your head what do you want to see what do you want to feel what like what are those like what what are you expecting from that experience in the theater that day well i'm expecting to wait a while for my popcorn because usually the lines go at about 0.001 miles per hour that's true it's very slow getting your popcorn there. <laughs> <laughs> but when i do get my popcorn i'm gonna gorge it Mm-hmm. Because I haven't had theater popcorn in a while. And I'm You're excited. getting a large, eh? Oh, always. Yeah. I have to go full, you know, insane mode with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I love salt vinegar seasoning as well. Mm-hmm. So I load up. That's good. That's so, good. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you load up. Yeah. You know, so, you know. So that's your first check on that, your box. That's just part of the experience for me. I got to always have popcorn when I'm at a movie. Yeah, I like this. By the way, this is this is a good description of what our day is like when we go to a movie because it's kind of a thing, right? It's not just like yeah, we went to a movie. It's like, well, you go there and you either meet or you you go before. Like it's like a thing. Right? It's an experience, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah, you know, and I, it's I, an outing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm expecting us to hop into the theater and you giving me the outside seat. Just because yeah, I have, I have you long... take the outside seat. I sit in the middle. I have long legs and I like to have space. You deserve the space, yeah. I hate to be, um, you know, so particular. I'm excited for you to see the theater because it's very different. Like, it feels like we're alone in there is mm. essentially what it's like because they, they changed out all the seatings and now it's like, uh, they're like recline chairs. So they're like big sofa couches and they have like... Oh, is that right? The recline seats like the VIP. It's like that. And... I've been in one of those. I know what you're talking it's about. sweet, man. And the next level of seating is like way down. So like you can't even see the people in front of you or behind you. It's wicked. Have you ever been to Landmark uh, Theaters? Just once in Texas, but not in Canada yet. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they are cool. That's exactly what the style is, right? They're competing with Landmark. Do you find, though, that popcorn tastes different in some theaters? Absolutely. Or is that just me? They all have their own brand. Or their own way of making it, I think. Landmarks is definitely different. It is. When yeah. I had it there. It was, yeah. And I mean, I was in the States, so of course. Not saying it was worse, but, but but I definitely like, either Leduc Cinema's popcorn is the best. Yeah. And then of course, Standard Cineplex is good too. Leduc Cinema's is the best popcorn, I think, mm-hmm. for me. But Cineplex, Cineplex is good. Uh, when I went to No Way Home, I don't know if it's just because they've been out of the game for a while, but it was so salty. Was it? Yeah. Like way too salty. But I never really have complaints there. So it's been good. It's been very good. Um, but yeah, back to what you're expecting in that seat. I'm just expecting a off-the-walls Brem sitting beside me. So are you going to be watching me or are you going to be watching the screen? I'm going to just watch you the whole time. You just should kidding. almost have like a... <laughs> we should get you a mirror... Like that you can attach to your forehead so you can see my reaction the whole time beside you, but also watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, I, I, I fully expect that you and I are going to probably be talking leading right up to it until that flipping first trailer hits. Oh, man. And then we're going to endeavor our attention to the screen and just indulge. It's... It's going to be a really short two hours and 58 minutes, I'll tell you that, for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. It's going to be... We're going to blink and that movie's going to be over. I wonder though, is it going to be packed? Is it going to be like a full house? Well, I chose the theater. I thought you guys would like this. 
since I, I'm a bit of a nerd, tickets went on sale February 10th at 10 a.m. And I was probably the first one on there because I got whatever seats I wanted. And uh, I took the Screen X route, which I told you. But that theater is significantly smaller. So it's going to feel like Leduc. Ooh, that's awesome. It's wicked, man. It's like, I think it's like maybe 10 seats across each row. And then it's like, it's a much smaller theater. But the screen is just as cool. And the seats are just as bad, as good, even better. That's great. So I think the experience will be really cool for, I'm just so excited that I'm going with like, Two of my good friends who like Batman, you know? Like, that's what I'm most excited for. I phoned Randy after you guys both confirmed. I was like, I'm so, like, I'm, like, shaking right now. I'm so excited. Like, I'm over the moon, man. Like, I don't know what this means to you guys, but for me, it's, uh, I'm so passionate about this movie, and it's been a long road to get here. I'm happy to hear that, Brim. You know, when you got a passion, you need to fulfill that passion in any way shape or form when you can share it with others it makes it that much more special this is an announcement for any of my followers that hear this i'm bringing a box of like a small little package of tissues with me to the batman i'm (laughs) no shame man no shame i'm bringing it because i know i just know i'm gonna be a mess i really am because i'm so passionate about it and I've already heard the score for like the main theme for Batman and it sounds like the animated series theme. It's very similar to that, but more powerful. And I just, uh, yeah, there's going to be scenes where I'm, uh, there's going to be like, my face is going to be wet because <laughs> holy, <laughs> holy man, this kind of stuff gets me really excited. Like imagine that Batmobile chase in theaters. It's going to be a real banger. When I showed you that trailer, there's a 30 second clip of him, of Batman chasing the penguin through the streets. And when I showed Zane the trailer, we were together. Uh, He picked me up from the dealership. I was just getting my vehicle serviced and we went for a coffee. And when uh, I showed Zane the trailer, he was kind of driving. Like it was kind of like one of those things where I couldn't show him. So we had to listen to it. But today we're going to actually watch it together. This is like number one priority on my list for the Batman is to show you this clip because it's phenomenal. And we're going to actually watch it live here. This is part of the surprise of the episode. He asked me, he's been asked, Zane, Zane here has been asking me for an agenda for a couple of days and uh, I've kept it somewhat secretive, but I'm like, at the same time, I gave him like a, an idea of what we were going to talk about, but <laughs> I, I was going to do this either way and just blast it. He's already giving Batfleck a run for his money in the trailers. <laughs> that chase scene is going to be insane. I know, that's, that's the tip of the iceberg right there. You didn't even get the whole thing. Not even close to the whole thing. It's going to be insane. I just love Robert Pattinson as an actor. He's so versatile and so brilliant. Every role he's been in, even the Twilight movies, and I'm not afraid to admit it, I like the Twilight movies. 
especially looking back on it now, I didn't really think much of it when I was younger. I wasn't like part of that huge crazed fan base Mm -hmm. of young people who really liked it. As I got older though, I kind of like it more. Yeah. And I realized just how good of an actor that Pattinson is. I don't think anybody realized how good of an actor he really was. Because, I mean, let's be honest, and he'll even admit it too, like, Twilight wasn't even his best work. No, no. Like, like I don't think it was anybody's best work in Twilight. Because no, they they're they're kind of cheesy, right? They are, yeah. Every cast member on that movie will tell you that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still respect it and like it personal, personally. Well, but, we grew up in that time. Yeah, but we don't, um, we don't know at that point Pattinson's true potential as an actor. Not even close. He goes on and does a bunch of indie films that just shine like no tomorrow yeah and i have to admit i was a bit skeptical at first when i heard that robert was cast as batman i was like hmm, that's kind of out of left field i didn't really know what to make of it i remember the day man i was sitting on my couch i was like whining about it but i learned my lesson with ben affleck you mm. don't judge it before anything can even be possibly deciphered yeah give it some time yeah and I long agree. and behold we get the best Batman ever out of Batfleck. And I'm kind of expecting the same thing, if not more, with Robert. I yeah. Robert is gonna I wanted to I wanted to say this to you and thought and th- get your thoughts on it. If you compile every single clip that has come out for the Batman, I think Rob's got maybe maybe like ten lines. That you hear him speak as Batman. So that's an element we haven't even really seen. Like he says little things here and there. Like I'm vengeance and... But I am the shadows and stuff like that. Like you hear those little like one-liners. But like I think a lot of people don't understand that like... We're going to spend a lot of time with Rob... Just as Batman patrolling Gotham in this movie. Like the movie... Like Rob teased that the first shot of the Batman is so jarring. Like jarring is a big word, right? That's a big term. Like jarring is like, like shaking something or like abrupt, right? So it's like, that gets me excited. Like the first shot is so jarring. It makes it so decisive from any other Batman movie is what he said. So what does that mean? Like, what's the first shot? Like that, what a great thing to say, you know? Yeah. That, that leaves it up for interpretation. I really think we're probably going to see him in the cowl, like, first shot. Absolutely. A, an ex, I picture an extreme close-up in the rain or something. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Something to set the tone. The first scene will be a, so, a, a, a tone setter. Just like in hockey when you put your tough guy out for the first shift in the oh game. Oh, my God. Setting the tone, man. That's what's going to happen. That's... I think if you... I'm on the podcast, so I'm going to ask you this question, but I think if you ask me um, what I'm looking forward to most for the Batman, it's that first, like, what is Matt's vision? Because truly a director's vision is that first time that they put the pen to paper. So what is that opening scene? What did Matt Reeves say to himself when he sat down in his desk way back whenever he started with the Batman script? Because he wrote this thing. Wrote, directed, produced... All of it. This is Matt Reeves' true vision, right? And he said, he sat down in his office, put on Nirvana, like something in the way, and wrote for Robert Pattinson before he even knew Rob would even be interested. That to me is really inspiring and it's like really cool. If 
while you're watching the movie here, you think about that. Like this started with a guy with a pen and paper and he wrote this thing, what you just see on the screen. Such good parallels too. Like that's where I know like with, with some creators when they're trying to come up with something mm -hmm. and things kind of happen in, in the moment or, you know, they're trying to put something together yeah. and something pops up in their head. That, that just really brings out the true brilliance in, in someone's mind, mm -hmm. being able to, to connect two things together. Because there's so many parallels to this Batman and the tone mm -hmm. compared to like the 90s and, you know, peak day Nirvana. You yeah. know, because there's a lot of mental health aspects that go along with Nirvana and mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain and, and the unfortunate way that he died and, and stuff like that. And then you talk about how Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, yeah. we're seeing elements of this same kind of struggle with mental state. Yeah, it's we're, worth noting that. We're seeing kind of an unhinged Batman. Yes. And we're not going to probably see that beyond this movie because we're going to see him kind of evolve into into the um, spotless Batman that we're used to seeing in the comics, right? Yeah. It's going to be a real uh, mental health journey for him, which is even more intriguing in my opinion. That yeah. really brings out the the depth in a character. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. When you talk about depth of characters, like Matt Reeves is, he's doing it all. Like he's doing shows, all that stuff for these characters. So he's building a, He's building a Batman universe, which is cool. And the trilogy of movies is kind of what I wanted to get to for the last little bit of this Batman talk. Because I don't want to talk too much about like, what do we expect? Like what's going to happen with the plot and all this stuff? Like, let's just let the plot unfold, man. Thursday, March 3rd, 8 p.m. The credits stir up and we get to see this thing in all, in all its glory. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about the plot. But the last thing I wanted to talk about was... The trilogy. What are we going to see from the second Batman movie and the third Batman movie? Is this going to be the next monumental shift in a Batman franchise? Are we going to experience it for a... Because you can argue Zack Snyder's wasn't a Batman franchise by any means. Batman was just a, simply a character in his world. So, like, I would consider the Keaton-Tim Burton era a Batman franchise. I would consider what we're watching right now, 1995 Batman Forever and 1997 Schumacher Batman and Robin, right? That's the Schumacher era, if you will. And now we have the Dark Knight trilogy, which was a reinvention of the character, a grounded, more like uh, realistic take on the Batman. And now here we are with Matt Reeves, a monumental shift. That's the, that was the underlining word that I had in my brain when I was going to bring up this final topic to you today, a monumental shift to that next phase of Batman. So what do you want to see in a trilogy? Well, I tell you, Bram, I've just been waiting to see a live action Arkham Asylum type of series. Right. With, with, with all the characters represented in that Arkham series from Arkham Asylum, Arkham City to Arkham Knight and even Arkham Origins. Like you want to see the rogues gallery of Batman's villains. Yes, and I want to see them portrayed in that kind of uh, neo-noir sort of setting. Right. So that's what I'm I, I'm looking forward to that too. Did I get that right? Neo-noir? I would call it noir. Noir, yeah. 
Yeah. What's, ne- ne- what's the neo part? I don't understand. I don't know what neo noir is. I'd have to look that up, but I think I think like it's just neo to me means like neon. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, but a noir, a noir sort of thriller style of Batman is what we're getting. Yeah. But you want to see the the rogues gallery um, and sort of like an Arkham style open world essentially, right? Yeah, especially with the combat, you know, yeah. with it being as as masterful as it was in the video games. That's definitely something that's hard to replicate in real life because that's just like almost like a fantasy style of fight. It is really, you know, but and I don't think you want to replicate the fantasy style of it, but just take elements. I tell you what, though, with that warehouse scene in BVS with Batfleck, we came as close as possible to that. Yeah. And then even with the actual Bat Batinson trailer with the Batman, like that, with where he's like, "What the hell are you supposed to be?" And yeah. then he just—that was a tone setter for me when we watched it the first time. You know, him beating the hell out of that criminal. It's very practical fighting. I love that. Yeah. He's defensive. Like, he, he knows how to defend. He knows how to fight back. But it really kind of draws elements of Arkham to me. It does, for sure. It's not like 100%, but it definitely takes that. It's derived from it, and I love it. There's a, there's a red tone. There's an underlying red tone of this movie. There always has been. It was, it's been tied to everything right up to the first screen test of Battinson that we got. And it's like a red noir tone. And I don't know if it's just because that's the aesthetic Matt was going for, if that's why he's using that color. Or I have this theory that like he's going to use a different theme color for each movie. So like if he does Mr. Freeze in the sequel, he could have a blue sort of undertone to Batman and it could be filmed in wintertime and, you know, winter in Gotham. I would love a winter in Gotham movie. Wouldn't you? Besides, like, Dark Knight, or besides uh, Batman Returns, which was in Winter 2, Michael Keaton's movie. Yeah, that would be interesting, because you don't see that very often. The only mm-hmm. time you really saw it, like you said, Batman Returns. You know, to see that again, it'd be interesting to see what they could do with it now. I think Mr. Freeze is a very interesting idea. Yeah, I love that character. Did they cast him yet? No. No, but he, he's... We don't know. We don't know if, like, this is, this is all fan like fan service essentially like fans want to see Mr. Freeze you know um but I think at one point like I don't want to quote this because I don't know for sure but I think Matt did say that Mr. Freeze is an interesting idea to him in the future but I also I know I know that Joker is gonna be in this yeah you've asked before you're like would Matt Reeves do a Joker and I was like no no dead set against it like there's no way Right? Like, why would you do Joker again and stuff? And then I thought to myself, Matt Reeves wants to do, like, the most authentic, definitive version of Batman. And you don't have that without Joker. And I think we could go as far to say as that character could be teased at the end of this movie. That'd be awesome. And honestly, Batman is Batman. Yeah. For being Batman. But Joker, in my opinion is synonymous with Batman. Yeah. You can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Just like how with the new Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, Mm -hmm. in some very veiled, subtle way, Batman is still in there. He is, isn't he? In the form of a young Bruce Wayne, like a kid Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So you always have them playing off each other no matter what, no matter how minor, no no matter how minor, no matter how major their roles are in those... Can't have one without the other. Exactly. And, and that's and actually even, the romance behind those two characters. 
Really? Exactly. And that's <laughs> even been, that was the theme with the Arkham games was, was Batman kind of became a part of Joker. Joker was a part of Batman mentally. So <laughs> you just can't have one without the other. That's why we'll see him in this trilogy majorly. All right, Zane. Well, thank you so much for being my official guest. My first official guest of the new year. I'm going to call this one episode one uh, of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. It's going to be available on my brand new Facebook page for Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. Uh, Zane and I will get that all set up properly and get the episode out there on Facebook and Instagram. Zane, did you want to say your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle, all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, you can find us on Instagram at ShatterTheGlass1, all one word, lowercase. Or you can go to my website, ZaneThomas.com. All the Shatter the Glass information's on there too, under the Shatter the Glass tab. And yeah, you know, if, you, if you're a fan of both me or Graham for that matter, you know, just hook us up or not hook us up, <laughs> look us up. <laughs> yeah, no, just some local guys trying to put out some local content on some podcasts Zane more of a broader spectrum me more of a niche spectrum but just yeah support local and check us out if you got some time if you want to uh, have something to listen to on your morning drive your morning commute things like that maybe you go for a run a walk anything check us out uh, comic book movie guy the podcast on Instagram on SoundCloud I'm gonna have this episode out on every platform that you can possibly listen to so that's my goal for 2022 is get you guys some more content we'll try and get you a podcast a month so once again thanks zane thomas from shadow of the glass for being on today um i've been comic book movie guy and we'll see you guys next time whoa this guy's crazy You'll see.